Good morning, Midtown community. Excited to be with you again this morning. Hey, if you don't know, we are back in person. North Star Church, 4 p.m. today. Just really excited about all that God is doing. Just really watching people give their lives to Jesus and experience the King. Uh, it's so wonderful to celebrate uh, Emily. I want to give you a shout out. And then this week, hopefully, we're going to be celebrating with, with Kevin and Tippy getting baptized. So just really excited about what God's doing and realizing that the message of Jesus is still moving mountains today. And I just encourage you, as many of you know the message of Jesus, I want to encourage you, would you share the message of Jesus? Watch what that power of God does. It's literally the power of God. Share the power of God and watch it transform lives. Uh, thanks again for being here with us. we got a couple cool things going on. We're starting up Midtown Kids this Sunday. So if you've got your kids or you've been sitting out uh, waiting for kids uh, to get started back up, we're going to be starting this Sunday uh, with our kids program back in action. So thank thankful for all of the volunteers and teachers that have been stepping in, and we can't wait to see all that God does uh, through that. Uh, if you've got your scripture, we've been in Hebrews 12. I want to go there again. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the entire uh, series that we've been in. We, start, we started in Acts, and we were talking about the early church. We got to the place where Saul uh, meets Jesus, and Jesus says something profound to Saul, and he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The word persecute uh, simply means to pursue with a purpose. That same word is found in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, see to it. It literally means pursue, the same word, persecute. And so what we did is we paused at Hebrews 12 to look at the word pursue. You see, Paul or Saul was pursuing or persecuting the church because he was pursuing. He was looking for peace. Hebrews 12 is instructions for what we are to pursue because we have found peace. So here's the deal. We are now, uh, we have a call in our life because you have encountered peace. So from peace, we now move. If you're trying to find peace by doing some good things, you will not find the peace you're looking for. You're probably going to be disappointed. The scripture points us to a person who is peace. His name is Jesus. You need an encounter with Jesus and receive his peace. And from the encounter with Jesus, he then gives you an instruction of what to pursue together, hand in hand, arm in arm, doing it together in relationship. That's why when Jesus says, I'm about to leave this world, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm actually going to be with you. I'm going to send my spirit to live inside of you. This is through or received through the person of Jesus. Now, if that's clear as mud, here we go. <laughs> so from peace, we now have a call to pursue something. Remember, this is, let's discover that in Hebrews 12. Turn with me there, Hebrews 12, 14 through 16. I want to make sure this all makes sense to us. It says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it. There it is. <laughs> Pursue this, that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. 
that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. So you see, this is the call of of the early church. This is the call of the church today. Because people have experienced or found the peace of God, now we're called, we have a calling on our life to pursue a way of life. And we're to pursue this way. We're to pursue this in other people's lives. Make sure that everyone in your life obtains the grace of God. The word grace is literally a favor. So make sure that everyone experiences the favor of God. How did you experience the favor of God? The favor of God was displayed for you on a cross. And he says, you didn't deserve my favor, but I'm going to give you favor anyways. Now, because you have been forgiven and been given grace gifts of the presence of God, we now step into people's world and we extend to them the opportunity of experiencing the favor of God through the person of Jesus. This is the call on your life. For some of you, that is freeing. For some of you, that's exciting. And for some of you, that's terrifying right now. And that's okay. We're in it together. But here's what happens when you see to it that others uh, experience the grace of God. But here's what happens when you don't. The next part of that passage says that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. The word bitterness may not be exactly what you think it means. The word bitterness really means uh, a different belief that causes something to spring up in someone's life that produces death or something that's not actually sweet to the taste. You see, when it's not about the grace of God, when it's not about the favor of God through the person of Jesus, because that's what God has offered us through Jesus, is favor. God loved the world so much that He extends favor. And He extends forgiveness to everyone who would believe and rest in Jesus. Turn from resting in yourself and trust in Jesus. That's really, really good news. And a free gift is imparted to you. That's wonderful news. That's the grace gift that's available to everybody. But if that's not what we're about, then maybe you've experienced uh, this in your life. Uh, When you meet somebody that's not about you having the favor of God, uh, but they maybe extend to you maybe a curse, not a blessing, it's bitter to the taste and I want to run. You see, when we're not concerned about the grace of God, it leaves opportunity for the enemy to spring up and maybe plant a seed that isn't uh, the good news seed of God, and it begins to produce a a fruit that isn't super sweet. And by it, when people eat from that plant, it says that many it causes trouble. And when you eat from it, it might produce death in your life. And I want, I want you to know today, if you've maybe gone to a church and you haven't experienced the grace of God, I just want you to know that that wasn't the intention of what the book points the church to. You were meant to experience the favor of God. And it's the free gift through Jesus that you're allowed to have. Come to Jesus and experience today and taste and see that He is so, so good. And if you don't know that He's so good, we want to connect with you. Would you connect with us? If you have questions about any of these messages, you can connect with us right here. All right, let's continue. We talked the past several weeks about the fact that we have a spiritual enemy. And the spiritual enemy in our lives, seeks to turn us 
from uh, stepping into the purpose and call that God has on our life. See, the enemy doesn't want this world to experience the grace or favor of God. Wants the world to experience a very different thing. And we talked that the enemy uses four specific things in our lives to keep us from this purpose. The first one, doubt. Doubt our very identity. Doubt the fact that you are the temple of the living God. Doubt the fact that God has made you holy. Doubt the fact that you are like him, that he is with you. The second thing, when we begin to believe the doubt, uh, what, what begins to set in? Discouragement. When I doubt the favor of God, I begin to get down about my life and my circumstance. I begin to be discouraged by all that I see in the world. And many of you may be experiencing doubt and discouragement today. And the third thing that we begin to experience is distraction. Once I'm discouraged, I don't know about you, but when I get discouraged, I look for something to give me encouragement. I begin to look for all around me. What what can help the way I feel? I don't like this feeling. And you begin to look to be encouraged. Now, which way we turn is very important. Will you turn toward the favor of God? This is exactly what the enemy desires to turn you away from. And many of the times, I don't know about you, but in my life, I I doubt the fact that the favor of God is actually going to fill me or fuel me or encourage me at all. So I will look elsewhere until the Lord so kindly calls me back. And oftentimes he uses the church or my life group or the people that walk life with me who walk in the favor and help me to grab hold of it again in my life and be reminded. The fourth thing, and we're going to talk about this today, that the enemy uses after is distraction. Here's the final stage. And many of you uh, have seen somebody who's experienced this, or maybe you're experiencing this yourself. When you get to the point of distraction, there is a fourth stage, and I've seen it in many lives as I've walked with many people, uh, is division. When you finally get to the place where you feel so alone, so unknown, you actually want to get more unknown and more alone. I want to continue to get away. This is exactly what the enemy wants to do in many of our lives today. Divide. The proverb says that a man who is divided from the people in his life will break out and all sound, break away from all sound judgment. You see, we need each other in, in, in our lives. And today, in, in the, probably one of the most divided times in our history, the church is meant to be one place where unity is found. Because guess what? We are unified by one thing. We have all experienced the grace of God. This is the thing that unites us. It unites color. It, it unites Uh, uh, culture. It unites socioeconomic. It unites all people because here's here's the truth. Here's the truth. Everyone is in need of the grace of God because every single one of us have missed the mark once upon a time. Maybe you've only missed it once or twice, or maybe you've missed it a ton of times. But if you've missed it one or one million the, the, the playing field is leveled. You are in need of the grace of God. And if Jesus hadn't done what he did, then you and I wouldn't be able to experience favor today because none of us deserve it. This is the good news that's available to you and everyone else. That's why it's awesome.
But every division in our life is rooted in belief. I, I, I read an excerpt from a book, and this book, here's what it said. The vast majority of couples who drift apart do so slowly over time in a snowballing pattern of blame and self-justification. Each partner focuses on what the other one is doing wrong while justifying his or her own preferences, attitudes, and ways of doing things. From our standpoint, therefore, misunderstandings, conflicts, personality differences, and even angry quarrels are not the assassins of love. Self-justification is. Does that make sense inside of Hebrews 12? You see, the problem when something begins to rise or grow in a relationship that causes division, it's not based upon grace. It's based upon self and self-justification. It's the absence of grace. So guess what's produced in your relationships? Death or bitter fruit. And when it's all about self and it's not about free gift of favor for you and it's not about enduring with you, it produces something that's a little bit bitter. Have you fallen into that rut maybe in your marriage today? Then can I introduce you to maybe the remedy or the call for you to step back in? Would you receive the grace of God today? And would you begin to extend the grace of God? Make sure that your partner doesn't fail to obtain the grace of God today. And if you will do that, watch how favor begins to flow back into your relationship and something sweet begins to be produced. But the truth is, uh, here's the truth that we've all messed up. So none of us are are self-justified. We need a justifier, and his name was Jesus. And here's the truth, that God did something about it and justified us when we didn't deserve to be justified. Have I made that point clear as clear can be today? This is the grace of God. But the truth is, every division is rooted in belief. And I believe everything, uh, every unity or unifying thing is also rooted in the truth. And the gospel is meant to be the church's truth that unifies us all. And he talks about this life change. And check this pattern out in in Ephesians 4. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Hold on. I I need to pause right here. Have you ever considered that in Ephesians, he's writing this to a church and he's giving instruction. Hey, listen, church. If any of y'all are stealing... Stop it. Stop stealing. What are you doing? (laughs) Quit stealing. Here's why, though. Now listen to the why. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. So he invites you. Would you stop being so self-centered And would you care to give favor to somebody else? Would you you not take from others? Would you give to them? This is your call. If you'll step into the call, you'll experience the life you're looking for. But you're looking for favor, and you think you can steal to get it. Paul makes sure that we know we can't steal to get it. Favor, the way we continue to experience the favor of God, is to give away the favor of God. Let's continue. 
He says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words may be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let's talk. Do you think that you can get what you need? Uh, let's go to marriage. Uh, by, by using abusive language today? Do you think that you can actually experience favor by putting someone down? Can, can I invite you into the grace? Can I just remind you how Jesus met you? How in the moment where you deserve it least, He extends to you a blessing and speaks a better word over your life when in fact you did miss the mark. He raises you up. And then what Paul is inviting us into, make sure that when you speak, people obtain, receive the grace of God. Don't use abusive language because it tears people down. Give away favor. So in your marriage, would you begin to build up? Would you begin to speak encouragement? Would you begin to call your spouse higher? In your dating relationship, would you no longer cut, cut each other down with, with sly, sly remarks? But would you build the other up? Maybe you've got a friend. Maybe you've got a coworker. Would you watch what encouragement does? But you've got to receive encouragement in order to give encouragement. Otherwise, it's a bitter root and it's going to cause division and somebody's going the wrong way. Let's continue. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So here's the reality, and he invites you, don't forget this. You never have to doubt this. When you miss the mark, many of us think that God is ready to destroy us at that place, but he is a good father. And when, what he says is, when you miss the mark, I'm brokenhearted because I know that if you would just step into my favor, if you would just step into the call that I have on your life, you're going to experience the best life. Would you choose the best life? I had to discipline my three-year-old this week. And I used to, when my parents would discipline me, and they'd be like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I thought, yeah, right. You are a jerk. You're mean. And you, you, you do like to punish me. And now that I sit in the seat of, of discipline, I look at my daughter and I'm like, I hate to discipline you. I hate it. I just want to have a good time. I want to eat ice cream 24-7, but, but you can't have ice cream 24-7. Right now, you decided to go a different way, and I can't have you go. I'm brokenhearted, and I've got to turn you another direction. This is, the, this is the response of God in our life. It isn't the desire to destroy us. It is a brokenhearted sorrow, and he says, if you are uh, living an abusive life, if you've decided to uh, speak abusive language, the Holy Spirit is actually sad because He desires for others to experience my grace that I've given to you for free. If you would just be used by me, it would be everything you ever wanted. In fact, it would lead your marriage to the place you always wanted it to be. It would lead those relationships as the relationships to the place that you actually desire. But you can't settle for a way that God said not to do and get a result He said uh, you wouldn't get. It's the truth. Begin to believe the truth and the truth will set you free to live the life God intended for you to live.
You can step in today. He says, he's identified himself with you. So, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Can I tell you what will keep you from division today? Is to realize that actually it was your mistakes that divided you from God. A great division happened. And in the face of that great division, the great divide, Jesus stepped in and covered the divide so that you and God could have right relationship. Is there a division in your life today? I want to invite you to do exactly what Jesus did for you. As He forgave, as He laid down in the middle of the chasm so that you could walk across and have a right relationship with Him, would we become the very, the very experience of grace so that they can obtain it? And when you decide to lay down your life and forgive or speak a better word or or just give a blessing in the face of curses, the response is going to be devastation. But you can step closer, even closer, and you can explain that you're doing this not because you are something amazing, but because an amazing God has met you and has loved you, and you're just giving away what God gave to you. This is the beautiful call on each one of our lives, and it will keep you from the divisive life that the enemy de desires for you to be, somebody who tears things down and tears it apart. God desires that we would build things up in the way that he's built each one of us up. This is the call for the church today. And so our, our call against division is that we would be people who build up because the king in heaven has built us up an extended free gift of grace to us. That gift is available to you right now and if you don't know, if you don't have a right relationship with God, today you can. Here's how you do it. Right where you are, would you just call out to Jesus? If you feel like there's a great divide between you and God, would you call out to Jesus and just tell him, I have a great divide and I know it. And right now I want you to tear down the divide and I want you to come and forgive me. I want you to have mercy on me. I don't want to lean into my abilities to, to be able to tear the divide down. I can't do it. I need you to do it. And I'm resting in the fact that you will save me. I, I want you to be king of my life. And I, I don't want to divide anymore. Upon that profession, out loud, speaking to the king, uh, he says that he saved you. Now, would you connect with us? We'd love to walk with you the next step of that journey. Now, maybe you've done that but you're experiencing division in your life. I want to invite you, would you begin to step in or make sure, pursue, see to it that no one in your life fails to obtain the grace of God. Watch that life will be flooded back into your life because you'll experience the purpose you were always made for. You can step in. You can turn a different direction today through the power of Jesus. Call on Him. Talk to Him about it. And maybe there's a division in a relationship in your life. Would you make right? And maybe that's too challenging. Maybe it's not reciprocated. When you step closer and they step away, now you can understand what they really need. 
They just need to experience the favor of God. Continue to pray for them, my friend. And if you need help in any relationship, we'd love to connect with you. Again, you can connect with us at any time. We'd love to walk the journey with you. One of the ways that we can do that is through Life Group, and I want to encourage you as well. Uh, don't do this journey alone. We have Life Groups that meet all around the city, and these are available to you. There is neighbors waiting to walk the journey with you. Don't be divided. And if you feel the need to want to walk away and be divided today, reach out through a text, through an email, and we would love to just to connect and start a conversation with you. You are loved, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we pray a blessing over your life. And we look forward to walking through the Word uh, again next week. See you soon.